Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going in-depth into my week number 10 wide receiver rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we can get on into my top 36 wide receiver rankings for the week, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure that if you leave a like on today's video, it would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter. Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, let's get in to my week number 10 top 36 wide receiver rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with the S tier at the wide receiver position at number one with Stefan Diggs of the Buffalo Bills going up against the Denver Broncos on Monday Night Football. Now, this should be relatively self-explanatory, but the Denver Broncos have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I get that the Buffalo Bills as a whole have been struggling, but even despite the woes of the offense, Stefan Diggs has been dominating 50 Shades of Grey style, currently the wide receiver three on the season in PPR last week against the Bengals, a much tougher defense. He was the wide receiver five in that game. So again, having one of the best matchups on the week, being one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, it should be a no-brainer as to why he is the wide receiver one on the week. At number two, we got C.D. Lamb of the Dallas Cowboys going up against the New York football giants at home in Jerry's World. Three straight weeks for Mr. C.D. Lamb inside the top 12 at the wide receiver position and back-to-back weeks inside the top two. Now, the only problem here is that this could be a absolute railroad of an affair by the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys might be up by seven gazillion at halftime and not have to throw the ball as much, but ultimately, if they do get such a strong lead, it's probably because C.D. Lamb is going in like that Drake and Lil Wayne song, so wide receiver two feels very fair for C.D. Lamb. At number three, we have the sun god, Amon Ross St. Brown, going up against the L.A. Chargers in L.A. in a very fun matchup. Amon Ross St. Brown has been one of the safest wide receivers in fantasy football thus far this season and is currently the wide receiver 10 on the year despite already having his bye week as well as missing week five up against the Carolina Panthers. I get that the Chargers defense looked like the fucking 85 Bears up against the Jets and Zach Wilson but I don't think that will be the case this week again and plus you know, the Lions have been a little bit cold, but I think coming out of the bye, they are going to be scorching hot. At number four, we have Keenan Allen of the LA Chargers going up against the Detroit Lions at home in LA. Now, Keenan Allen without Mike Williams, without Joshua Palmer, who else are they going to throw the ball to besides Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, right? Keenan Allen has a very clear path towards getting 14, 15 potential targets in this game. We already saw him early on the season have 20 fucking targets against the Minnesota Vikings. 18 receptions, 215 yards, and a touchdown. Now again, are the Lions the softest defense on earth? Of course not. But again, this game does have the makings of a potential high-scoring affair. At number five, we got Jamar Chase, the Cincinnati Bengals, going up against the Houston Texans. Now, it has basically been made official that Teehee Higgins is not going to play this week. Jamar Chase, with a back injury, returned to practice and participated in individual drills yesterday on Thursday. It is very important to follow what happens in practice today and the kind of notes we get on Sunday morning on how healthy Jamar Chase is because if Jamar Chase appears to be limited, even without T. E. Higgins, even in a great matchup against the Texans, 
If he's not getting the full workload that we're used to with Jamar Chase, we're going to have to bump him down the rankings. Moving now to the A-tier wide receiver, 6 through 8 at number 6. We got Michael Pittman Jr. of the Indianapolis Colts going up against the New England Patriots in Germany. Four straight games inside the top 20 at the wide receiver position. And despite Gardner Minshew not being as prolific of a passer, I guess that's a little bit glazing towards Anthony Richardson, right? But as good of a passer as Anthony Richardson with the deep ball upside that we saw, Gardner Minshew has been just fine for Michael Pittman. The matchup here is solid up against the Patriots, and I really see no reason as to why we should rank him much lower than this, especially without the with the sheer amount of volume that this motherfucker sees week in and week out. At number seven, we have Mike Evans of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. Now, I know Mike Evans has been sleeping as of recently, like his name was Snorlax, wide receiver 21 and 33 over the last two weeks. But this week, he has been bestowed a wet dream matchup up against the Titans. We've seen some games where the Titans defense looks straight up elite up against the run. You cannot run the ball on them, but regardless of how great the run defense is, we know that the Titans up against the pass are a complete and utter unmitigated disaster. Against the pass, the defense opens like how Moses parted the Red Sea, and I think Mike Evans has the upside to be one of the best wide receivers in fantasy football this week. I get some people are nervous about how he's performed recently, but again, that was up against a Houston defense that is slightly better than the Titans. So I think with how good Baker has looked as of recently, I think Mike Evans is going to hop back on the saddle like his name was John Marston and have a good performance this week up against the Titans at number eight to close out the A tier. We have Chris Olave of the Saints going up against the cold like Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Now the Vikings defense has definitely gotten harder like a Rhino gas station pill. But at the end of the day, I still do believe that that while I am a detractor of Derek Carr, and while at times it seems like Derek Carr has Chris Olave's unders bet, at the end of the day, Chris Olave is still clearly the best receiver on this team. You know, he's good for 8 to 12 targets in any given matchup. And I get that the, the Vikings defense has been a lot better as of recently. I still think the Vikings defense can get taken advantage of, and I still think Chris Olave just with the sheer high amount of volume, should be just fine this week. Moving now to the B tier, we got wide receivers 9 through 14. Now, Brandon Ayuk has been on the struggle bus over the last four weeks. Not necessarily the game before the bye. He just didn't score a touchdown, 9 targets, 5 receptions, 109 yards. But the games prior to that, you know, not what we would like out of Brandon Ayuk. This week, he gets a pretty middle-of-the-road Jags defense. And the addition of Debo Samuel should be a huge boost for Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk has been struggling without Debo Samuel, but De when Debo Samuel was in there like fucking swimwear, Brandon Ayuk was going balls deep in these defenses. This is another matchup that has all the makings of being a tit-for-tat, rock'em, sock'em, robots, high-scoring affair. So I like Brandon Ayuk a ton this week. All guys in the S, the A, and the B tier are guys that, in my opinion, are must starts now as you get deeper into the rankings and as you go from tier to tier there's a slight drop off in terms of my projections for the players but it's nothing huge but you'll see as we get deeper into the video that 
the safety, my confidence in these players starts to dwindle. At number 10, we got Deontay Johnson of the Pittsburgh Steelers going up against the Green Bay Packers at home in Pittsburgh. Now, the Packers defense has definitely been relatively mid this season. They're dog shit against the run. They're kind of eh, up against the pass. But at the end of the day, ever since Deontay Johnson has returned, this man has been a top 24 receiver in PPR every single week. And last week, up against the Late Titans, a defense we talked about being relatively soft. Nine targets, seven receptions, 90 receiving yards, and a touchdown. His first touchdown since Big Ben was the starting quarterback on the team. So obviously, through Kenny Pickett, through Kissing Titties Mitchell Trubisky, he has not found the end zone. But now, maybe the, the floodgates have been let open, you know? Maybe now that he finally popped his cherry with Kenny Pickett, pause, Deontay Johnson is going to be on a warpath again. There's so many targets for Deontay Johnson. I think the Steelers offense has gotten slightly better. And again, I get that I am someone who likes to take a dump on the metaphorical chest of Kenny Pickett. I shit all over him all the time. But when he just feeds Deontay Johnson the rock, great things are going to happen. At number 11, we got DeAndre Hopkins of the Tennessee Titans going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. We just saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense get bent over a table by the Houston Texans. I understand DeAndre Hopkins did have a down game last week, but he had 11 targets. That's because Will Levis wants to feed the ball to his best wide receiver. The week prior up against the Falcons, D-Hop had over 120 yards and three touchdowns, finishing as the wide receiver number two. Now, do I expect him to score three touchdowns again? Fuck no, baby! But I do think that with Will Levis under center, this is great for D-Hop. Now, I know he struggled against the Steelers, but the Steelers' defense is one of the best defenses in the NFL. They were able to get into the head of Will Levis, which is something I don't think the Buccaneers' defense is going to be able to do. I think D-Hop, going forward, as long as Will Levis, knock on wood, is able to stay healthy, I think the upside of D-Hop is huge. At number 12, we got Garrett Wilson of the Jumbo Jets going up against the Las Vegas Raiders in Viva Las Vegas. Back-to-back weeks inside the top 20 at the wide receiver position for Monsieur Garrett Wilson. Now, the biggest problem with Garrett Wilson, and we talk about this every single week, is the starting quarterback, Zach Wilson. And because Zach Wilson does struggle a lot... It means that Garrett Wilson's going to be getting some balls thrown his way that are nowhere near him. Or he's going to be wide open, and Zach Wilson's too busy staring at a MILF in Section 3, Row 2, Seat 4, to be able to actually throw the rock to Garrett Wilson. But he's gotten 13 targets in back-to-back weeks. The game before that, he had 12 targets. It's very evident that while Zach Wilson sucks donkey cock, he wants to feed the ball to Garrett Wilson. And up against the Garrett, or I almost said up against Garrett Wilson, up against the Raiders defense, it's very plausible that Garrett Wilson could find the end zone. He has only two touchdowns on the season, and his last touchdown came in week two. I get that it feels a little bit gross starting Garrett Wilson, but at the end of the day, He's been productive recently, so I gotta feel confident in him. At number 13, we got scary Terry McLaurin of the Washington Commanders going up against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle, top 24 wide receiver in three straight weeks. Now, to start off the year, Terry McLaurin was looking like a big, fat bust, right? He was looking like, oh shit, even though the Commanders offense is looking solid, McLaurin is just not very involved. And then recently, it's like 
magically Eric Bieniemy or Riverboat Ron or Sam Howell had an epiphany. It cost him 50 at Tiffany. Shout out to Tiffany. Stephanie was like, oh, maybe I should throw the ball like eight plus times to McLaurin, which is something he's done in four straight games. Now I get the Seahawks defense is definitely solid. This is no pushover. But the Seahawks defense might also be a tad bit overrated. So with how much volume McLaurin's been getting, we just saw the Seahawks defense get absolutely shellacked last week. Again, I'm not saying that Sam Howell's the best quarterback in the league, but he doesn't need to be to throw the ball eight times to McLaurin. Maybe McLaurin scores the touchdown and finishes higher than wide receiver. Number 13 at number 14, we got Devontae Adams. Now I know people are starting to get even more and more nervous about Devontae Adams, and I understand it, right? There's an argument to be made that Devontae Adams should be dropped down into the C tier, but the problem with that is that Devontae Adams is too good. Now, I think Devontae Adams is going to get force-fed the rock in this game, seven or more targets over the last three games. Now, again, I get Sauce Godna, the Jets' defense, the rock solid. This isn't some Weenie Hut Jr.'s matchup for Devontae Adams. But Adams has been struggling recently, and I don't expect Adams to struggle this many games in a row. Now, you might say, Nick, you're getting too cute. Nick, you're getting too fancy. I get it, but I still think if I had Devontae Adams on my team, there is no way in fuck I am going to sit him. Moving now to the C tier. If you guys have enjoyed this far, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below if you're new. Whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure you leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. So at number 15, we got Christian Kirk, CK, and we ain't talking Calvin Klein going up against the Niners. Now, both the Niners and the Jags are coming out the bye week, and I expect the 49ers defense to be a little bit more energized like the Bunny, and I also think the Jags offense is going to continue to be very ramped up. Now, Calvin Ridley has been put on a milk carton, basically, over the last couple weeks. I know he had a good game the week prior to the bye. But besides that, the man has gone missing. Right? Why is that? I don't know. To me, it looks like he's open. Just seems like Trevor Lawrence isn't seeing him like his name was Stevie Wonder. So up against the 49ers defense, my confidence lies with Christian Kirk who's been very reliable all season long. A top 24 receiver right now in PPR is the wide receiver 21 on the season. Again, I get that the 49ers defense might be better, but there's also reason to believe that the 49ers secondary at least is pretty broken. So Kirk, Lawrence, this is a team that's on fire. The 49ers are a team that are ice cold. I like where things are sitting right now with Christian Kirk. At number 16, we got Chris Godwin. Now, I know there have been people that have told me, Nick, how can you have Chris Godwin ranked so high? He was the wide receiver 74 last week. He hasn't been that safe. Well, if you take away that game, he was the wide receiver 16, 26, 28, and 9 over the last three games prior to that. This week, he gets a cupcake soft serve matchup against a shit tier Titans pass defense. So again, while I get some people might be nervous about Chris Godwin, I'm peeling the band-aid right off, and I'm going in here with Chris Godwin. I really think this is going to be a huge game for him, and potentially both him and Mike Evans. At number 17, we got Nico Cousin. Let's go bowling. Nico Collins going up against the Cincinnati Bengals defense in Cincinnati. Now, Nico Collins was downgraded to do not did not participate in practice on Thursday with that injury to his calf. Very, very scary. Got to see what happens in practice. Today on Friday, if he doesn't participate, then we gotta throw Tank Dell to the tippy top of the rankings, and we gotta take Nico Collins out the rankings, obviously, if he doesn't play. 
I know Tank Dell went absolutely fucking nuclear, hung, hung, hung on the defense, right? He was giving him some back shots. But Nico Collins is still there. Nico Collins is still just as relevant as Tank Dell. Going up against the Bengals defense, I get the defense has gotten better, but I really do think this game has all the makings, I've said this a million times, of being a very high-scoring game, and I think Nico Collins, assuming he suits up and he's healthy, deserves a ranking inside the top 20. At number 18, we got Jacoby Myers of the Las Vegas Raiders going up against the New York Jumbo Jets. Again, I get he's going up against the Jets, but this man has been printing top 18, top 12 games for a majority of the season. He's the wide receiver 16 right now in PPR, despite missing week two against the Bills. I get, Nick, the matchup's tough, this, that, and the other thing. Expert consensus rankings got him as the wide receiver 35. Sometimes you just have to go with the guy that's on fire. He has scored one touchdown in four of the last five games. Again, I get, Nick, the matchup's tough. But I'm going to lean with the guy that keeps being very, very productive. At number 19, we got DK Metcalf going up against the Commanders. Another guy where you need to kind of note how healthy he is going to be. Currently listed as questionable. Let's see how things open up Monday, Sunday. How things are not Monday, Sunday. Saturday through Sunday, Monday. Monday through Sunday. Whoa. Um, how things look at practice tomorrow or today on Friday. Great matchup for him. I'd be salivating here if I knew he was fully healthy, but we don't know yet. We also know that they've got Tyler Lockie in my pocket skirt, and they have JSN, who has been the most consistent out of the group. Plus, Geno Smith has been sucking dong this season. Geno Smith has looked nothing. He looks like a shell of what we saw last season. He looks like the Geno Smith that we are used to from the past before we wrote him off and he didn't write back last season. So... There's the great matchup, but there's a lot of other factors that are just kind of the armor there. The uh, hey, there's a lot of negative things you could say about Metcalf. So I've got him as wide receiver 19. Expert consensus rankings got him as wide receiver 11. Could he be like wide receiver one this week? Yes. But I could also see him finishing as like the wide receiver 40. So I think it's fair to put him at 19. And number 20, we got Debo Samuel, the San Francisco 49ers going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. Now, if you look at the game log for Debo Samuel, it's actually almost unfair because multiple games this season, he's been a decoy. He missed week seven and eight, and he's going to be healthy coming out the bye week. Again, this is a potential very high-scoring game against the Jaguars. When Debo wasn't a decoy, wide receiver 27, 8, 12, and 36. Now, I've always claimed to be kind of off the Debo bandwagon. But I also will give credit where credit is due, and Debo Samuel deserves credit for what he's done this season when healthy. Moving now to the D tier, this is where... Things start to be run amok, led astray, where things start to get a little bit more gross. Now, it's not time to plug your fucking nose yet, but it's time to understand that there's more risk as we get further down into the rankings portfolio before. That was a big word, portfolio, like I'm some type of accountant. But before we get on into the rest of the rankings, wide receivers 21, can you do something for me through 36? I would like to give you guys a quick word from our friends and our sponsor, over at Underdog Fantasy.
Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe, and Underdog has a great offer for you guys today that we'll be talking about in just a couple of seconds, but first, I want to explain to you guys how the NFL Pick'em works. Now, you have to go ahead and select two picks from two different teams. So first, we are going to go down to the beginning of the Sunday slate at 1 p.m. They also have the early morning games in Germany, or the early morning game in Germany. We are going to go with Christian McCaffrey, Higher than 67 and a half rushing yards. I think CMC is going to be heavily involved in this game against the Jags. And then we're going to scroll down and go with the other running back, Travis Etienne Jr. We're going to go with him higher than half of a rushing or receiving touchdown. So as long as he scores one rushing or receiving touchdown, that will hit. Now, if both of these hit, we will get three times our entry fee. If we do three picks, it will be six times your entry fee. Four picks is 10 times and five picks is 20 times your entry fee. So if you are new to underdog, fantasy and click on the link in the video description or use promo code notorious as long as you live in one of the states listed on your screen right now you will get a first batch deposit bonus of up to five hundred dollars so if you deposit five hundred they'll give you an additional five hundred if you do a hundred it's additional hundred fifty additional fifty 25 additional 25. The minimum deposit on Underdog Fantasy is $10. Again, make sure you use promo code NOTORIOUS. If you have a gambling problem, make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here. Shout out Underdog Fantasy again. Wider's here, 21. Tyler Lockett. Now, Lockett is even more hit or miss than DK Metcalf. Again, great matchup, but we have to understand what we're getting into here. Let's just read off all of his finishes on the season from weeks one through week 9, starting at week 1, wide receiver 91, 6, 56, 42, 19, 48, 12, 55. Again, this matchup could be the huge matchup, the King Kong beating up on New York City, right? Or this could be not that. Could be wide receiver 50, wide receiver 60, maybe wide receiver 80. So again, I say this every week. Tyler Lockett is like a firecracker for your lineup. Sometimes it's a beautiful 4th of July explosion. Sometimes it fucking shoots some Disney characters up in the air, like you're at World Disney World. Or sometimes you end up like JPP, you shoot a firework off, and now you have six fucking or seven fingers, right? So that's how you got to take things with Lockett. If you want some risk, the super high upside, you feel like you're going to lose your game, then you got to play Lockett. But if you're trying to be a little bit safer... You know, you feel like, hey, I'm going to be in this game. I don't need that huge explosive game game out of Lockett to win. Then Lockett could be ranked lower if you are someone that doesn't need that firework, that huge game. Moving now to wide receiver number 22, Jordan Addison Ray of the Minnesota Vikings going up against the Saints. Now, the Saints defense is definitely pretty middle of the road with Joshua Dobbs under center. I think Jordan Addison, until Justin Jefferson returns, which will probably be next week, should definitely be ranked as a top 24 wide receiver. And I think even when Jefferson returns, he should probably be ranked the top 24 range as well. A bit of a snoozer last week as the wide receiver 29, but I think 22 is very fair. I don't think Dobbs is really going to elevate Addison to be like a top five guy, but I think his ceiling is probably like wide receiver 10. So wide receiver 22 feels pretty fair when I think his floor, based upon all the teams on bye week and all the great receivers not playing, is probably around wide receiver 29 where he finished last week. At number 23, we got Jahan Dotson going up against the Seattle Seahawks. And Seattle Jahan Dotson, another fella that is questionable. Something to note 
this week, as well as the fact that Curtis Samuel might miss, which would elevate Jahan Dotson up even further. Now, Dotson's been a top nine receiver in back-to-back weeks, and we talk about this a lot on the channel. When a player is on fire NBA Jam style, we need to, you know, kind of not necessarily throw the matchup out, you know, you still want to understand the matchup, but you want to give him normally, say, this is week seven, right? We've seen Dotson not do too well. You know, maybe Dotson's like the wide receiver 30 every week. We put him at wide receiver 29, 30, right? But because this guy's been so on fire, he gets the bump to wide receiver 23. Now, it's not an egregious bump up to like wide receiver 10, but it's a very safe projection, putting him at wide receiver 23. I think he could be a top 10 receiver again, but he needs that touchdown. He had 69 yards last week. Very nice, I like. But again, I'm not here to dump all over the Seahawks defense because we've seen points at the season where they've been too legit, too legit to quit. And number 24, we got Tank Dell, the computer man, going up against the Bengals in Cincinnati. Again, important to note, if Nico Collins does not play, we need to raise the roof on Tank Dell, throw him up the rankings. That was cringe. Raise the roof in the year 2023. But wide receiver won last week. 11 targets, 6 receptions, 114 yards, 2 touchdowns, something light for Tank Dell. Again, the Bengals' defense is definitely not a pushover, but I do think this game does have that high-scoring upside. So Dell, wide receiver 24, feels fair because we've seen this season. He's either a top 20 receiver or he's like the wide receiver 70 or 80. So there's a lot of risk involved in Tank Dell at number 25. We got Zay Flowers going up against the Cleveland Browns. Now, Flowers has been down in the dumps as of recently, right? Wide receiver 87 and 68 over the last two weeks. He only had one target last week. Now, I get that the Cleveland Browns defense is rock hard. So I'm not saying this is some cupcake easy matchup for Flowers. But again, Flowers wasn't very involved last week. I think this game will be closer where they're going to have to at least throw the ball more than four fucking times. I would say they threw the ball more than four times, but it's an exaggeration, right? I think this game should be closer. I think we should see a lot more throwing. Now we understand that once they get into the red zone, the ball's probably going to Gus Edwards. So Zay Flowers isn't scoring a touchdown in the red zone, but he can get a deep 30-yard catch for a touchdown. So again, I'm not overreacting to the last two weeks. I'm keeping my cool with Zay Flowers, who has been one of the best rookie receivers this season. Moving now to the E tier, wide receivers 26 through 31. At number 26, we got Amari Cooper going up against the Ravens in Baltimore. Now, last week, up against literally one of the easiest, if not the easiest, defense to go against, we had Cooper up against the Cardinals. Five targets, five receptions, 139 yards, and a touchdown, right? It's like too easy, right? There was no way, really, that Cooper was going to fail unless Deshaun Watson looked like a flaming pile of dog shit, which he didn't. Now, though, it's like going from the basement, the bottom, you know, to the penthouse, right? You just went from the Arizona Cardinals that are literally below the basement. They're in the second basement. The Ravens are a penthouse defense, right? So while I think Watson might be back, this, that, and the other thing, you still have to worry about the fact that Watson hasn't been very consistent this season. You have to worry about that the Ravens' defense has been unstoppable. So wide receiver 26 feels fine for him. It's acknowledging the clear problem that could occur here, which is that he gets locked up. Don't let me out. At number 27, we got Tyler. Yeah, Boyd of the Cincinnati Bengals going up against the Texans again. Tee-hee. Higgins should be out in this game, which has to elevate Tyler Boyd. Now, we've seen Boyd not perform when Jamar Chase, T. Higgins don't play. But again, I'm trying to get pieces, get action of this game. 
because of the high scoring ability that I continue to fucking talk about and beat you guys over like a goddamn dead horse. So here up against the Texans, me like at the matchup. Me likey. Very nice. So I'm going with Boyd. Again, this doesn't feel super ambitious. Expert consensus rankings currently got him as the wide receiver 37, and I think they got it wrong. At number 28, we got Hollywood Brown of the Arizona Cardinals going up against the Falcons. I think that Kyler Murray coming back has just revived Hollywood Brown because if we had to deal with Clayton Looney Tunes for one more game, I would have fucking stabbed my eyes with a bunch of forks because Clayton Toon fucking reeks to high heaven. I think he finished the week with like negative eight fantasy points. He put a real damper on Hollywood Brown, who was playing fine with Joshua Dobbs and had multiple games inside of the top 20. Now, do I expect Kyler to go out there and look surgical? Do I expect Kyler to go out there and look like the Kyler Murray that we're used to? Probably not in his first game back. He's probably not going to be running as much. But at the end of the day, and we use that term a lot in these videos, but it's just something that I like to say. It's in my lexicon inside of the membrane. But with that said, you know, when push comes to shove, Hollywood Brown should be fine with Kyler. Again, I have him ranked very safely at wide receiver 28. I'm not being super ambitious and saying he's a lock to be a top 12 receiver, but I think with Hollywood or with Kyler Murray back with the schedule they've got, looking real, real juicy here for Hollywood to finish the season. Mighty. Fine. At number 29, we got Calvin Ridley. Now, Calvin Ridley finally showed up for the first time in forever up against the Steelers in week eight prior to the bye week. Let's see him do it again. Let's see him do it again. Expert consensus rankings got him as the wide receiver 25. I can't do that. No way, Jose. Again, I am probably one of the biggest Calvin Ridley truthers to ever walk this fucking earth. I was banging the drum all offseason for him, giving him the metaphorical gawk gawk 9,000 special. Again, the matchup against the 49ers might be great, like Tony the Tiger says, but maybe the defense wakes up. They have that epiphany. They play much better. Chase Young Moolah, baby's addition into this front seven really helps him out. That's 100% possible. So with Calvin Ridley, I'm being very cautious with him. Now, I have a couple of teams where I'm starting Calvin Ridley this week because bye weeks hurt like a butt cheek on a stick when you draft a lot of Dolphins players like I did. So Ridley's in the lineup. He's in there like swimwear. Am I very confident in him? No. But I still have to acknowledge that I think this guy is still one of the better receivers in the NFL. There's been great games from week one, 24 points, 21 points in week five. Last time out, 14 points. Again, they've been fair, fair, very far and few in between. For, for, for today, Junior, very far and few in between. But again, I think once that consistency comes, it's going to be coming hard like a Bukake. At number 30, we got Cortland Sutton. Now, this matchup against the Bills is music to my ears. The problem is, Cortland Sutton has to deal with Russell Wilson, who's been okay. Sutton has scored one touchdown over the last three weeks. He scored three total touchdowns, one in each game. If you look at the last five games, or one, two, three, four, five, six games, quick maths, he has scored five touchdowns in the last six games. So he's been very reliable to find the end zone. The problem is he's not really getting a lot of targets or a lot of yards. Now, he's still, to me, the number one receiver, the head honcho, the head of the table. Shout out Roman Reigns, the king of the North in Denver. But at the end of the day, still got Mr. Unlimited. Jerry Judy might, might percolate a little bit. So again, while I'm very confident he'll probably score, you can't always 
eight. Like, he's had only had two games this season where he didn't score. Sometimes he won't score. And in that scenario, he's probably down in the dumps. At number 31, we got Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis, Mike Tyson, going up against the Denver Broncos. Now, great matchup, wet dream matchup. You are just salivating thinking about this shit. Problem is, we saw Khalil Shakira, Shakira, do really good last week, and Gabe Davis be a nobody. We've seen Kincaid a little spicy, start catching a lot of balls, and that has really devalued Gabe Davis. Now, all Gabe needs here is three catches, four you know, he could turn that into 150 yards and two touchdowns, right? He's that good. He's that much of a speedster, like Henry Ruggs. But at the end of the day, Gabe Davis said it again. There's very high highs and very low lows. Hits the peaks, the apex, but he also hits rock bottom. And even up against a defense as shit as the Broncos, we can acknowledge that this could be a rock bottom game. Plus... The Buffalo Bills are very disheveled. You know he's going to feed dicks. You don't know that's going to be the case with Gabe Davis. At number, the F tier, beginning with wide receiver 32. Again, this is where things start to really get gross, right? The last tier, it was gross, but here's like... It's like uh, climbing through three football fields of shit like Andy Dufresne, baby. Wide receiver 32, Drizzy Drake London. Seems like he's going to be healthy to go. Was limited on Wednesday... Seems like he's going to be back this week. Now, again, this is a great matchup. This is an amazing, fantastic matchup, let me tell you. The greatest of matchup. Now, my Trump impression is not very good. Huge. I can't do it anymore. I used to be kind of good at it when I did a lot, but... Borat. Very nice. I like it. Great matchup. My brother, Bilo. <laughs> or is it my cousin? I don't remember. My wife. Uh, Arizona Cardinals. Great matchup for him. Issue. His name is Arthur Smith. And his name, Taylor Heineke. So you have to put a lot of weight into things if you rank him highly that, you know, Arthur Smith is going to fuck him over. Heineke's not going to bend him over the table. With that said, he's watching number 32. At number 33, we got George Pickens. Now, Pickens actually, I think, is helped in a big way by Deontay Johnson being there so that Pickens could stretch the field more. The thing is, though, Pickens has been virtually doing his best John Cena impression. You can't see him invisible. Last week, the motherfucker had negative one yards against the Titans and the Packers defense is much better than the Titans against the pass. Again, I'm not saying that the Packers are the 85 Bears, that the Packers have this prolific defense, but they're not the Titans against the pass. So again, Pickens is very boomer bust. Problem is, when you have Kenny Pickett, who only throws like one touchdown a game, and if that touchdown is going to Deontay Johnson, you want to know how many Pickens is going to score? You want to know? The answer is zero. He's not going to score a single touchdown. At number 34, we got JSN, Jackson Smith, Najigba. Now, JSN has been actually the cl- the... The safest out of the three receivers in Seattle of Lockett and Metcalf. He's been the wide receiver 24, 34, and 16 over the last three weeks. With all of that said, to put a bow on the conversation here, JSNs look good. But if Metcalf and Lockett are both producing, then how much of the pie can JSN truly get? Seven, four, and seven targets over the last three weeks. I just don't have enough confidence yet in him to rank him much higher. At number 35, we got Mario Douglas going up against the Indianapolis Colts, another motherfucker with a Q tag. Make sure you monitor practice today on Friday. Going up against the Colts, great. He's going to get seven targets. Probably going to get like 50, 60, 70 yards. Going to finish anywhere from wide receiver 36 to 20. That's why we've got him here at wide receiver 35. At number 36, we got Jerry Judy. Now, Jerry Judy's been more involved in the offense over the last two weeks. But again, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, right? A broken clock is right 
twice a day. Jerry Judy's been a guy with a lot of praise entering into his NFL career, and he's done a whole lot of nothing with it. He only he doesn't have a single season inside the top 24 at receiver. Now, I get he's been banged up, this, that, and the other thing, but he hasn't even proved it for, like, multiple games during a season that he can really be consistent. I get the matchup is great against the Buffalo Bills. I get it. I get you're struggling with bye weeks. If there was no one on bye, Jerry Judy wouldn't be the wide receiver fucking 36. He'd be like wide receiver 45. So, against the Bills, sure. Wide receiver 36. I hope it goes right for you, but I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it will. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't been enjoying, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Whether you are new to the channel or not, make sure to leave a like on today's video. It helps me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. If you'd like access to my weekly rankings or get a question answered, any of your questions answered that you may have, check out the Patreon link in the description for $7.50 a month. I love you guys all so much. Hope you have a great day. Check out one of the videos on the screen if you haven't seen them already. Love you. As always, Goop.